Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Precious name we pray. Gospel said a big amen. We do jam those hands together. Celebrate Jesus as you get comfortable seated in God's presence tonight. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. Only Him deserves all the worship. Only Him. Only Him was stripped naked. Only him was crowned with thorns. Only him was beaten, tetanized, drives a Roman weep. Only him was dragged naked on the streets of Jerusalem. Only him was laden with a 40 kilogram cross beam to carry it all the way from in the city down to Golgotha. Only him, Jesus, only him was nailed to the cross, raised up above the earth, only him bled. Only him died. And while he was dying, he was thinking about you. He looked at your face and said, Ogi, I did this for you. This for you. But I was like, he tasted death for every man. So when he sang that song, Reckless Love, there's no mountain he wouldn't climb, there's no darkness he wouldn't light. There's no lie, it won't tear down, no wall, it won't break down, coming after me. Me, naughty me, always getting lost me. Never gets tired. He's not a God of a second chance, he's a God of another chance. Over and over, over and over, keeps coming after me. Would you want to worship him one minute? Just bow your heads and worship. Say, Lord, I thank you because you never give up on me. I thank you because you're not against me. I thank you because you love me unconditionally. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. That song we sang, bring the volume down a bit. But keep the pad. I need the pad. Keep the pad on. Uh, a song we sang on Sunday. Who the sun sets free? It's free indeed. He's not against me is for me. In my father's house, there's a place for me. Who knows the song? We play the song. Don't sing it, just, just play it. And David used to forget all our songs. What key is this? No, G sharp is too high for me. No one I was struggling. Go to B flat. All the way B flat. All the way be flat. Who is free? I'm a child of God. Yes, I. I want to teach you that song. Who the song sets free? Who is free? Indeed. I'm a child. Of God, yes, I am. In my father's house, in my father, yes, there's a place for I'm a child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then it was too. 
I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. I'm not who my past say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say. Now you put your hand on your chest. You close your eyes. Close your eyes. Who shut up that high? I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say. Who the soul sets free, who is free. I'm a child of God. Yes, I'm in my father's house. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, my father's house in my father's house there's a place for me I'm a child yes I close your eyes close your eyes sing it in my father's house there's a place I'm a child of God Child of God Yes, I In my Father's heart In my Father's heart There's a place for me I'm a child of God, yes I am. So sweet, isn't it? So sweet. He never dies. Your walls are always before him. I'm a child. I'm a child of God. In my father's heart, there's a place for me. a place I'm a child of God yes I you know some of us are too serious with life we can't even let go you can you can you have to just also you have not learned the beauty of just staying back and enjoying his fatherhood. Our hearts are so busy, so busy what to eat, what to drink, the future, what's going to hold, what's going to happen, that you can't, you can't even just lay right there in his arms and say, I'm a child. I'm a child of God. 
Some of us who grew up all by ourselves, we never really knew what it is to have a daddy. And all our lives filled with the bustling and hustling and struggling, trying to make things meet, ends meet. We never really knew what it is to have someone who loves us. Someone who loves us. In my father's heart, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. My earthly father can abandon me, but in my father's heart, there's a place for me. I'm a child. Everyone can turn their backs away from me, but in my father's heart, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I John chapter 13, verse 34. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 34. Oh, what wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Father. It never leaves. It never leaves. It never dies. It doesn't wake up with a mood swing. It doesn't wake up on the bad side of the bed. It doesn't have a frustration at job. He's not pissed. He's not upset. He's not angry. He's not mad. He's not, he's not having a bad time. He's not having... He's not frustrated. A wonderful father.
A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I've loved you. That ye also love one another. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I loved you. A new commandment, he calls it a commandment. It's not a suggestion, it's not an opinion, it's not an advice. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Give me the next verse, quickly. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So he says you should love one another. A new commandment. A new commandment that replaced the old commandment. It gives us a new commandment. The commandment to love is a commandment. I am commanded to love you in spite of my emotions. In spite of my feelings for you. In spite of how angry I am at what you did or upset at what you did. I have a command from God to love you. A new commandment. Have I given you that you love? And it makes it huge. Not that you love alone, but that you love as I have loved you. That's powerful. He commands me to love you like he loved me. That's powerful. And now my human brain, your human mind will tell you, that's not possible, Pastor Philip. That's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. But I don't believe that God will command me to do what I am incapable of doing. Or he has not furnished me to do. Are you following me? So he gives me a commandment to love and says, you should love as I have loved you. Love as I have loved you. So the first hindrance here is that I have not even received his love. I have not had an encounter with his love. It's difficult for me, if not impossible, to give what I don't have. So if I've not received his love, I can't give it. If I've not received his unconditional love for me, I can't give it. Praise. If I think that God is harsh and judgmental and critical, I would express the same to my other brother. Because that's how I have received from him. Are you following me? So if I think that God loves me conditionally, I would give the same conditional love to my neighbor. If I've not received this love for myself, I cannot give it. If I've not received this love unconditionally, without performance, without having to do anything, I cannot give out the same love. If I think I have to do this, do that, do this to qualify for his love, I would express that same kind of love to my neighbor. That you have to be this, do that, do this, before I can love you. But God loves us unconditionally. He loves us without a need for performance. Particularly people like me who are necessarily performance driven. That you touch my heart by performance. The fastest way to my heart is by performance. It's difficult to love unconditionally. So I had to learn to take my eyes off performance and love without condition. Because that's how God loved me. He loved me without condition. He loved me before I read my first Bible page. He loved me before I fasted my first day. He loved me even without praying. People say, no, you can't say that. People have to do this. They have to do that. They have to win souls. They are going to be loved by God. They have to preach the gospel. They have to pray. And my question is always that when God created Adam and Eve and there were no souls to win and there were no Bibles to read and there was no need for fasting, what emotions did he have towards them? They didn't love Adam and Eve. And they didn't win any soul. Adam and Eve never won a soul. <laughs> and loved them. Adam and Eve didn't need to do anything. They didn't need to attend Bible study. They didn't need to pay their tithes. They didn't need to do anything. There was no need for sacrifice. They didn't need to offer any sacrifice. They didn't need to do anything. And yet he loved them unconditionally. So if I have not received that kind of love from God, it's difficult. To give it back. Religion will tell you. Over and over religion will tell you. You have to be this. You have to be that. You have to do it this way. If you don't do it that way. You will not be received by God. That's what religion tells you. You have to be that. Be this. Be that. And your conscience is pricking you. Over and over. You don't feel fit. You don't feel competent. That's religion. God doesn't do that. You know. Because I pray. I pray for people. When people come to me for prayer. I know. Nobody comes and say. Ah, pastor. 
Please, why is God not healing me? I pay my tithes. I attend church. Pastor, do you know I've, I have done my best to live as holy as I can? Why is God not healing me? I automatically know why God has not healed them. Because all the while, their eyes was on what they did right. I know what Jesus did right. And there's no amount of prayer you can pray. No amount of holiness you can live that you can be holy enough to be healed by God. Are you following me? Jesus is the only one that could have paid any sacrifice. Are you following me? Are you following me tonight? So before I can even give that law, if I've not received it as an husband, if I've not received it as a pastor, if I've not received it as a worker, as a staff in my office, unconditional love of God, that God loves me in spite of me. He loves me whether I do the right thing or not. He loves me. Whether I read my Bible or not, he loves me. Whether I wake up in the morning and I pick my phone first or not, he loves me. I love me. I know I love my kids. I love my children, whether they eat or not. If my children don't eat, they will grow weak and die. And I'll still love them. Dead. That's what happens when I don't read my Bible. I don't love my children more because they eat. Are you following me? They are eating for themselves. You are not praying for God. You are praying for yourself. You are not reading your Bible for God. There is none of all those things that you do that affect or changes God's affection towards you. If you read your Bible, it's for yourself. The Bible says if you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you pay your offerings, it's for yourself. If you pay your tithes, it's for yourself. All those things are for yourself. They don't affect how God, God's posture towards you. He loves you in the gutter. He loves you in your weakest conditions. If I've not learned to receive that kind of love from God, it will be difficult to give it to someone. That's why the Bible says that love as I have loved you. Love as I've loved you. Let's go. We're going to look at this one by one. Commandment, it says, because it's a commandment, because it's a new commandment. Ezekiel 36 verse 25. Someone else should open Jeremiah chapter 31. We'll do this together. Jeremiah 31 verse 33. Someone has to open Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. We read to 27. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 to 34. And Hebrews chapter 8, from verse 8 to 10. So what do we have first? This is Ezekiel. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness. Who's going to sprinkle clean water upon you? God. Did he say go clean yourself up? Is that what he says? What did he say? Answer me, guys. This Bible study, eh? I, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I? So God takes personal responsibility for your cleansing. It is to go wash yourself up. Go get yourself cleaned up then come back to me. It is that you are too filthy. Go and clean up and come back. It is I won't accept you because you are too filthy. He said, come. I take personal responsibility for your cleaning. Give me the next verse quickly. I will do this. I will do that. Then I will sprinkle. Okay. Then I will sprinkle clean water. A new heart. You see that? A new heart also will I. Who will, will give you a new heart? Who will give you a new heart? Did you go and find a new heart for yourself? It says, I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away, I, I will take away the stony heart. It is you go and take away your stony heart before you come to me. Which kind of heart is this? Useless heart. You want to come and affect us in heaven with this kind of heart? Go and get a new heart and then come back to me. It says, I will. Give you a new heart. I will take away the stony heart from your flesh and I will give you, I will give you a heart of flesh. Give me the next verse, quickly. I will give you a heart of flesh. Next one. And I will put, you see that again? Can you see that he's talking about all what he will do? And I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. You see all that he said he was going to do before he even talked about what you will do. Did you see that? I will do this. I will do that. A new heart will I give to you. A new spirit will I give to you. I will sprinkle you with water and make you clean from all your hiders. Give me Jeremiah. Quickly, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 to 34. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 33 to 34. Quickly. Do we have it? Okay, so while we're at this, open Hebrews one side so that it doesn't take this time. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8 to 10. It says, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After this day, says the Lord, I will put my law in your inward parts. Who's, who's going to do that? 
I will put my law in your inward parts and I will write it in their hearts. And they will be, I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will give them a new covenant. Different from the covenant that I gave to their fathers. I will give them a new covenant and I will put my law. I will put my law on their hearts. Give me the next verse. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother. Saying, know the Lord. For they shall know me, all of them, from the least to the greatest of them. See the Lord. For I would forgive their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. I will put my law in their heart. So the first law he wrote on tablets of stone. This second law he intends to put on your heart. He writes it on your heart. Are you following me? Are you following me? So the first law he wrote on tablets of stone. The Bible says they couldn't keep it. Hebrews chapter 8. They couldn't keep that law. Our fathers could not keep the law. Even though he wrote it for them, they couldn't keep it. So he's going to give us a new law. And this new law is put in our hearts. A new law. A new spirit. A new heart. He puts this law in our hearts. It's a new law. He said, this is a new commandment I'm giving to you. That you should love. It's a law of love. But it supersedes and makes nullify, it nullifies the Ten Commandments. Now, a new, a born-again Christian, New Testament believer does not need the New Testament. He does not need the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is no longer necessary. Why? Because it's a new law. It gives us a new law. You have Hebrews chapter 8 now. What does it say? Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8 to 10. For finding fault with them, he saith, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. He found fault with our fathers. They couldn't keep the law. They couldn't obey. So he found fault with them and says, Beyond the days come, said the Lord, I would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Get, get to the next verse quickly. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant. They couldn't, they couldn't follow. And I regarded them not, said the Lord. Give me the next verse. For this is the covenant will I will make with the house of Israel after those decisions. I would put my law where? In their minds. And write them in their hearts. And I would be to them a God. And they would be to me a people. So you see that these three verses explains that there's a new law that superimposes on the former law. The law of love. Now this law of love is not written down anywhere but in our hearts. The ten commandments is no longer necessary for a believer. Because in the law of love it finds fulfillment for every commandment. The new law is the law of love. The new law is written in your heart. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, Romans 5, verse 5, it says that the law, it says, for God has shed abroad his love in our hearts. Romans 5, verse 5, by the Holy Spirit that he gave to us. When he gave us his Holy Spirit, he gave us his law. Everything encompassed in the Ten Commandments and the Old Covenant, everything came into one law. Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. While you are that, open Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. While you are that, open Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. So let's have Romans chapter 10, 13, verse 8. It says, Oh, no man, anything. Did you see that? Can we read this together, please, quickly? Yeah? Yeah? He that loves another. Already fulfills the law. He that loves another already fulfills the law. Give me the next verse. All over to verse 10. From 8 to verse 10. Give me verse, verse 9 now. Hold up, guys. No, that, that can't be it. Is that Romans 13? Search open for me quickly. So it could be fast. Romans 13, verse 8. We've read, read verse 8, and I want to read verse 9 and verse 10. Verse 9. Okay, say, For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, if there be any other commandment. It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt do what? Love thy neighbor. So all other laws, you wouldn't steal from your neighbor if you love them. You wouldn't cheat on your wife if you love them. Someone says that men can cheat and love their wives and still cheat. From the pit of hell. My question is, when you were cheating, what were you thinking? I love my wife. 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 You're doing it. Love my wife. 
So, you know, men, men are differently built. You know, men have the capacity to sleep with 10 women and still love their wife. So you excuse uselessness. It's not true. You will not steal. You loved nobody but yourself when you fornicated. You didn't even love the person you were sleeping with. Because if it was your daughter, you won't sleep with her. If you think that, what if this girl was my daughter? And somebody has come to sleep with her like this, will I be happy? So you know that you didn't love that girl you were sleeping with. You didn't love your wife. You loved only yourself. Selfish. Selfishness is the root of all temptation. When I, I said it to someone, people say, no, Pastor Philip, it's not Before I come to say anything here, I have taught, 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 taught. I, you know, I did philosophy in school. And I was a first class student in philosophy. I was, I'm not just a daft, dumb person that just say anything. I say, you just use one argument to topple it. I have thought of all the arguments that can come from every side. If I, if I say one thing here, I have thought of every corner that it can come from. That's why I, 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 I encourage you to think. Selfishness is the root of every temptation. He said, my wife is not satisfying me. You were thinking about yourself. You think that you deserve something that your wife cannot offer you. She doesn't give me a blowjob. So you think in your mind that you deserve blowjob. And since she cannot give it to you, you go look for it outside. You didn't think of any, you didn't even think of the person giving you the blowjob. You're not thinking of that person. You are thinking of yourself. Sorry, if that made you uncomfortable. I just have to tell you as it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Selfishness is the root for every, every kind of temptation. You steal selfishness. You kill selfishness. Love your neighbor, he says. Fulfill. Give me the next verse. Verse 10. Ask yourself. Verse 10. Quickly. Love walketh no heal. I will stay here a bit. I'll just touch on the two things and come back here. Love does not walk any heal to his neighbor. Abby? Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Who has NLT for that same verse? What does NLT say? Verse 10. Love does not do any wrong to others. Who has good news? Or God's word translation? Or contemporary English version? What does good news say? If you love someone, it says, it didn't say occasionally. Is cheating on your wife doing something wrong? Eh? Is it doing something wrong? Answer me quickly. All the men, you answer very fast. Yes. Is cheating on your wife, is it doing something wrong? Yes. The Bible says, if you love someone, you never do them any wrong. Don't say, hey, no, there's no way you will never. There's no way you do them that, there's no way you will do them that wrong. Say, hey, but I say, you did not love her. That's why you did that that wrong. Because if you love someone, oh, Pastor, that cannot be absolute. Do you, not, you see the scriptures telling lies? You know, I don't have an opinion anywhere the word of God has a stand. I don't, I don't think the word of God has a stand. I, I subject my thinking to the word of God. I don't have an opinion. Say, okay, but what's your opinion? My opinion is what God says. You cannot love someone and do them wrong. And, you know, some of these things cannot really be straightforward like that. One cannot just really, you know, cannot really live, you know, there'll be is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Love works no wrong. Love does not strategize wrong to his neighbor. Love thinks no wrong. You know, some people do, they don't say anything, but they are expecting you to, to, to make terrible mistakes in your life. They don't say anything. They are hoping that they will soon hear bad news about you. Do you know, do you know that kind of witchcraft? It's called passive witchcraft. They're just lying around, hoping that, ah, is he only him? Let's just hear that he has died now. Or let's just hear that his business has collapsed. You understand what Love does not do that. Love does not do that. Give me Ephesians. We want to read Ephesians, then we'll come back to this. I obviously cannot finish this again tonight. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. What does it say? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. What does it say? Instead, be kind. Someone say be kind. Say it loud. Say be kind. Be kind. Say it loud again. Say be kind. be kind. And tender-hearted to one another. And forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ. 
Be kind. Be tender-hearted. And forgive one another. Forgive one another as Christ and God forgive you. That's the way to forgive. The way God forgives you. That's the way to forgive. The Bible says this is how people will know that you're my disciples. When you love one another, not the way you dress. If that's okay, what is the distinguishing factor between born-again believer and a non-born-again or a non-Christian? Someone say, no, you know. A believer, you know them by their clothes. The way they dress. That's how to know a believer. Um, they don't wear short skirts. That's how to know a Christian. They don't wear lipstick. And so, or maybe they don't uh, wear earrings or they don't keep beards. I heard that there was a time in some churches they stopped men from keeping beards. You know. <laughs> so like an icon now. You can't stay in our midst. You can't stay in our midst. Because if, if I don't know, you can't stay. With these kind of beards? Where's Femi? You can't stay in our midst. Ah, we can't stay in beards again. Kunle, Kunle is vast. It's vast beards. He's even making it looking very shiny. So that they will not know when the snake comes in through it. See, the serpent locks around dark, dark places. So we think that all those things I want to know a Christian with. And you see, people that concentrate a lot on external appearances, sometimes they are the meanest kind of people. Very, as mean as a snake. If you have professors when you're in university, some, some denominations who are professors of your, of your project, you may, not, you may not graduate. Very wicked. And they will carry anointing oil. Very wicked people. I don't say you should not wear earrings. If, if you think you want to, if you want to paint your face, if you think you need two coats, three coats, one coat is not enough. But remember that only the foundation of the Lord stands sure. <laughs> On the day of trouble, <laughs> your foundation. But I don't care about this. It says they love, love, love. Forgive. Forgive as you have been forgiven. It's so shocking that the Holy Ghost will write a letter to a church and say, "Be kind. Be kind. You will be kind." He had to put it in the Bible. Be kind. Because they were not kind. They were not tender-hearted. Very mean-hearted. Stone-hearted. That's not Christianity. Be considerate of others. He said, forgive. Forgive as Christ forgave you. How did Christ forgive you? He forgave you and he forgot. He says, your iniquity I will remember no more. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. If Jesus Christ should walk into this place now, do you know what you're going to notice about him? If you look at his eyes, deep wells of love. Love. If you push it, love. Push it. Love. Love for the sinner. Love for the lost. Love for the downtrodden. Love. Be kind. Be kind. Forgiving one another. Somebody say, yeah, I'm forgiving you, but I will never forget. What he did for me, I will never forget it. Never. Forgive. It shocked me that when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't call Peter. He didn't even remind him of his denial. Did you notice that? Did you know they didn't even talk about it? Did you know they didn't even address it? He didn't even say, okay, Peter... You know, even though I've forgiven you, I just wanted to know that I saw you that day. Just for record purposes, for documentary, for documentary, who's again on a, there's a lady, one funny lady on, on a TikTok, say for documentative purposes. <laughs> say for, just wanted to know that I, I, I noticed. I noticed your denial. I've forgiven you, but I want you to know. He didn't mention, you know, he even gave him the assignment of leading the old church. He doesn't keep a list of your mistake. Say, yeah. <laughs> What's that? What did he do? Somebody says that angels are going up after people, writing down all their mistakes. That's terrible. That's terrible. You know, if I could read your mind, if I could read your mind, that there's nothing you are thinking that I cannot read. You know that if, if that's true, that everything you are thinking now can read it. And I'm always good for you after, hey, stop that, stop thinking that. Hey, stop that. Stop that thought. Hey, stop saying that. Stop. You won't like me. I don't know if you agree. You will avoid me. God's not like that. Forgive. Forgive and forget. It takes crucifixion of the flesh to forgive. Because your flesh won't want to forgive. 
Paul says, I put my body under. I know you think about sex when he says, I put my body under. But it's not only about sex, even about love. Keep your tongue under. Stop maligning people. Stop saying things you are not sure about. Stop talking bad about people. Stop blackmailing people. You tell A story to B, B story to C, C story to D. They go back and take D story back to A. Terrible. I was like that. I was always in trouble when I was in secondary school because I tell everybody's story. Everybody will not come to my house. Say, let's go there. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, people like that, if you sit down with them, they're always talking about other people. Have you known people like that? They are always talking about other people. The Bible says, keep your tongue under. Forgive. If someone hurts you, love forgives. Jesus forgives. One of the most painful experiences I've had with this case of forgiveness, I shared it in the church before, but I'll share it again for those of you that were not there when I shared it. I know my stories are always sweet, so let me share it again. There's a particular lady in church, in our church, in my former church, who was going out. They were not going out. They, I don't even know what they were doing. Because they were not, there, was not, there was not a straight line relationship. They were just having sex. And they are both in the choir. And uh, by God's grace, I was able to find out. <laughs> I have matured. I have matured, honestly. There's nothing happening to each other I don't know. There's nothing happening to each other I don't know. The fact that I have not confronted you, I chose not to. There's nothing happening in this church. Nothing. Absolutely nothing happening to each other I don't know. Before, I would have said. The Lord revealed to me one day, I was, I was singing in our choir. We sing choir. I just saw supernaturally. I, 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 I perceived in the spirit that the guy was smoking. I, I perceived cigarettes and alcohol in his body. It's a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge will come to you sometimes in visions, comes to you sometimes in dreams, can come to you in thoughts, in knowledge, and can come to you as a perception. I, I smelled cigarettes. And the Holy Ghost revealed to me, that guy has been smoking. And I tapped him. Bah! Oh boy! <laughs> the Holy Ghost told me just now <laughs> that you have been smoking. Right on, we're on the stage. We're singing. I tapped him. Oh boy, you have been smoking. The Holy Ghost just told me that. The guy said, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, the Holy Ghost said to me, you'll be smoking. He got very angry. He said, I followed him. I said, I said, the Holy Ghost told me. You've been smoking. He got very angry and walked away. His friend came and said, ah, Bro Philip, are you, are you sure the Holy Ghost told you? I said, the Holy Ghost told me. He said, hey. He said, it's true. He has been smoking. He said, now that the Holy Ghost is telling you everything, let me go tell you my own. Before the Holy Ghost. But that guy walked in from church and didn't come back. That could not have been the intention of the Holy Ghost. He wanted me to know. I would have used wisdom to deal with it. That was why when the Holy Ghost revealed to Jesus that this woman at the Samaritan well is a prostitute. He said, you have seven husbands. <laughs> he didn't say you have been sleeping around. He said, you have seven husbands. <laughs> you know, very, very mild. Seven husbands, yeah. So even the one you have is not your husband. <laughs> Love. Love. It will show you how you handle sin. The woman ran to the city. Say, come everyone, come and see the person that has told me all I've done. Who, how would you have told the woman that she's been sleeping around and she'll be so excited about telling everyone you told her? Love. That's Jesus. He knows how to do it. So I told this brother, sister, you are sleeping with that brother. He has nothing for you. You're just going to waste your life. I told the brother, leave that girl alone. I didn't know that the girl has been recording all my conversations with her and sending to the boy. I mean, I thought I was trying to save the, the, boy, the girl from the boy's hands. Because I knew that the boy had no plan for her. There are some guys that, that have no plan for a lady. They just want to use and waste her life. And I just wish that women would be able to you know, identify those kind of guys and stay away from them. But some if you tell, they think that you don't want them to, there's something hiding from them. You know, my means are getting married. When, when will you find a boy that will not want to sleep with you? When will you find it? God has children that don't sleep with his daughters. God has children, he has sons that don't sleep with his daughters until they are married. They are all over the world. They are in this church. All over the world. Why are you laughing? They are here. They are here. Yes, they are here. They are here. They are here. Kingsley, they are here. Toby, they are here. Powerful men of God. If any of them try to sleep with you, come and tell them. Come and tell me. <laughs> Say, Pastor Philip, that brother you say, I go close to him. <laughs> to my utmost dismay. <laughs> he surprised me. He shocked me. Yeah, yeah. 
God has children. Solid men are doing the right thing. So, two of them conniped and they tried to beat me up after service. They jacked me by my bed like this. I was just going to my car. I didn't know that something was happening. And the Holy Ghost didn't tell me. <laughs> I did that in pain me. Ah! They jacked me up like this from the ground. Thank God for my friend Manus that came to deliver me. I was angry. I entered my car. I said, I will deal with this boy. I will deal, ah, I will deal with this boy. I had more money than him. I know more people than him. I will deal. You know what you are? You are just saying, I'm going to show this guy. When I got home, I was still fuming. The next morning, I wanted to pray. The guy says, hey, how about that guy? I said, no, 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 let's not even go there. I am going to deal with that boy. The guy says, no, the Bible says that if you don't forgive others, your heavenly father will not forgive you. Send him a text now that you forgive him. I said, never. Ah, you want to rubbish me, Holy Ghost. I say, never. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. This, this useless boy had the infantry and the gods to hijack me like that. And I should tell him, I forgive him. I don't forgive him. <laughs> the Holy Ghost says, you will forgive him and you will tell him you are forgiving him. Ah, it was a battle against my flesh. My flesh, my spirit, serious. Bible says, put your body under. It takes a lot of crucifixion of the flesh to be able to do that. So I sent him a text message. I've forgiven you. I said, it pained me, but I've forgiven you. He replied the text. I said, I'm not done with you. I will deal with you. I showed the text. I said, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Allow me. Allow me to show this boy. Allow me to show him. See, see, the abundance of you are dragging me on the floor. The Lord says, you will forgive him. You've done worse to me. We got to church that day, and they called us together. I was, I was furious. The Lord says, rise up and hug him. I was crying. I was literally crying. Because all that's in my flesh wanted to deal with this boy. But the Lord says, no, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. By this, would they know that you are my disciples, not my converts? It takes discipline to forgive. It takes a strong heart to forgive. Forgive and to forget. Some people don't only they, some people write down dates. I check my father's diary. I see the dates that his wife's offended him. Says yaso so and so yalagbaja moron fumbiniche ujekulo. Writes it in Yoruba. In his diaries, when I went, after he died, I went to pick his diaries. I, I love to carry diaries and write in it. I saw all our offenses, even with the children. He wrote down our offenses. My uncle, my uncle, my, my, my uncle, my surviving uncle, my father had children from six women. I'm the seventh born of 14 children. My uncle said, all this one, all of us are showing love to each other. Because all of us, Although we are 14 separate mothers, we loved each other. He said, if he brings out our father's diary, he said, we will fight. The way we are going to fight. The way we are going to fight each other because all the offenses of this woman against this other woman, this woman against this other woman, he wrote out my one of the mothers, almost stripped my own mother naked at a party. He goes home and writes it diligently. Diligently. Imagine if you had access to that information. A whole generation can be destroyed. So I forgive you, no. It's just that I will never forget what that devil did to me. You have not forgiven. By this, we may know that you are my disciples, that you love one another as I've loved you. Love works no evil, whether by thought, whether by words. Love does not strategize evil against his neighbor. The way some people are behaving, they are going to be destroyed. The way they are behaving. But don't contribute to their destruction. Are you following my point? Don't put your mouth. Don't talk about it. Don't go about talking about people, saying terrible things about them. without. Even if you have a very strong ground, there's no need. There's a question I used to ask myself then. If I, it took me time 
Because I don't, I don't like to talk about what somebody does to someone else. After I, got to, after I found out that the love of God has been shared in my heart by his Holy Ghost, I don't like talking about people. And when I ask you, say, this person said this, I said, doesn't edify you. What does, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is, I say, if I tell you, it doesn't edify you. If I tell you what, if Yemi should do something wrong to me now, and I'm not talking to SJ, and maybe that's doing something, I will, if I jump out Yemi, they say, what did, what did, what did you do? I say, if I tell you, it's not going to edify you. But I say, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is only able to edify the hearers. So if I tell you now what Yemi did, you will begin to hate Yemi for me. And Yemi didn't do anything to you. Are you following me? You begin to hate, because in your mind now, you are, your, your, your display of loyalty to me is to hate all my haters. And that's what people count friendship. You are not my friend until you hate my haters. So whether there's a reason or there's no reason, anyone I hate, you must help me hate them. And people inherit hatred, inherit enemies in the church. People telling people, this person, you have never even asked the person, is it true? You just say, no, this my friend cannot lie. It's like God. If this my friend has said this about you, it must be true. You even give the person an opportunity to talk on his own side. Never. You already crucified them in your heart and will never have anything to do with them because of what somebody else said about them. That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. Love does not work evil against his neighbor. If I sit here, I'm not thinking of evil. I don't rejoice. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. It says, love does not rejoice at evil. Love, does not, love is not excited. If somebody is my enemy, I'm not like, hey, hey, thank God. They say he has finally missed it. He has finally, he has finally, he has finally died. Or his news has finally crumbled. And I'm excited at his downfall. I'm not a Christian. Bible says, anyone that hates his brother is a murderer. Anyone that hates him, 1 John chapter 5, chapter 5, anyone that hates his brother is a murderer. And no eternal life. There's nobody who is a murderer that has eternal life. So I sit back and I'm hoping that something terrible happens to someone. And when it happens, I'm excited. Because the person is, is my hater. All you haters, haters, haters. You know, some people are just haters. All their status is about haters. Haters, haters. A lady in my former church um, was going to be, was going to be, pro, be proposed by, by his, by, by his, um, by, by a fiancé. The fiancé proposed, and we knew that this fiancé is a phlegmatic. It's just someone like a Femi that proposed to Bemi in darkness when nobody's there. He can never come and do his outside. That's how they are. Core introverts. You want to kill them. You have... So we now say, ah, oh boy. Yeah, that was very bold, though, because he proposed to her in front of the old, in front of the old choir. He said, she's the one that said I must do it, though. She's the one that said I must do it. I said, is that so? He said, yes. She's the one that said I must do it. That I can, you know me, I can't do this kind, of, this kind of thing. I said, so you people, she forced you to say yes. Now, they brought food for the proposal, proposal party. She already went to do makeup and um, manicure, everything. My wife told me that anyone you see with fine fingernails is pre-planned. Any engagement picture you see, they say, ah, oh, oh my, oh God. Oh, and they should, and the figure is properly done. Is it forget? Fresh. They are doing. So they brought all those things. And the moment the girl picked the uh, rings, she said, Haters. In the choir. Haters. Who is dragging your boyfriend with you? Who has your time? You know, when you're in your 20s, you are bothered about. What people are thinking about you. When you're in your 40s, you don't care what they think about you. When you get to your 60s, you find out that they were not thinking about you. <laughs> Nobody has that kind of time. Say, hey, there's in your mind that some people concur, they don't want you to marry. What's your, they are, the people are, they are busy with their own lives. Love does not work evil to his neighbor. Love. In this series, I'm going to deal with a lot of things. I'm going to talk about offenses, how to handle offenses. What is the scope of forgiveness? The God wants us to forgive people forever. There are some relationships that it is God that is scattering into with his own power. It is God that is behind that scattering. And I'm going to teach you how to identify those relationships. So you don't go and insist on forgiving and embracing someone that God is trying to separate you from. So it's not a senseless thing. I'm going to deal with I have a lot to teach you this month. And I don't have a, I have more notes than this month can even offer me. On these matters. I have a lot of notes already prepared 
than this month as, as days for me to preach on. Love does not work evil. So just sit down there and work evil and think evil and project evil about someone else. When I left our church, you know, I, I, you know I don't mention my pastor's name. I don't mention my pastor's name yet. Never mention his name. Never in any conversation I don't mention his name. I never mention his name. As hot as I was, as pained as I was, never mention his name. There's no need. He doesn't identify you. So you go and Google it. Hey, hey, hey. Our pastor enemy is my enemy. <laughs> Our pastor enemy. That's not it. There's no need. Was I hurt? Yes. Was I pained? Yes. Was I lied on? Yes. But that's my past. I'm not all that anymore. I'm new now. My past is gone. And I've forgiven him. I'm not bitter. That's so why when I talk about him, it's to teach. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to be teaching about, if I talk about how I left our church and I left with nobody, I'm telling that whatever God has called you to do, go and start it. You don't need anybody. To, that, that's how I teach it. I don't talk about, you don't even, there's no bitterness in my voice. There's no pain in my voice. God has not given me any reason to be, to be hungry. Nothing. There's no reason. I have all my needs met. I'm not suffering from anything. I have the most fantastic church members any pastor can ever pray for in this world. I don't need, I'm not bitter. There's nothing to be saying, oh, just mention it. It's my past. So I don't mention, I don't, even talk, I, don't, I don't talk about this church. I don't, I don't mention the name of the church. Because I don't want to know inherit hatred. I say, as far as I'm concerned, anyone that my pastor, I, I, there's no need. There's no need. People have come to me, the fact, people have come to join this church. People want to, I didn't take, take out of church. Because love does not work evil against his neighbor. There were people that should have followed me to leave that church. People that would have been willing to follow me. Let me even gist you guys, because you guys have seen it. Ali, you know Ali now. That's why I refuse to allow Ali to join this choir. Ali has been on my neck to join this for over one year. I didn't agree. It was just yesterday I sent him a text message that Ali, I have accepted you. Just yesterday. He sneaked to find out the day of membership class. I didn't tell him. He went to ask Bushi about choir Yaza. And came to choir Yaza. How many of you have noticed there's a very, there's one awkwardness around me and Ali. I came to tell you that that guy must not sing. That guy must tell you that. That, that guy must not sing. He must not sing. It's because of Aliu. We asked Miriam, everybody else to sit down. We now form a probation period. Probation period that was not there before. <laughs> hey, everybody, under probation. Because Aliu must not join that choir. Aliu came from my former church. And I vowed that there's nobody from my former church, nobody from my former church to join me in this church. I don't want any of them. I don't want, I don't want to be written against that I took any man, any sheep from that man's fold. Never. So I said, no, Aliu, no. Go back. He came to my house, drove to my house severally. He said, Pastor, I said, No, go back to your church. On the came, sat on this pulpit. God is speaking to us. I said, No, tell God I didn't agree. <laughs> go back to your church. Go back. Tell God I didn't agree. Why? I don't want to take anything that does not belong to me. Say, but you can't. No, I don't want to. Let, let everybody stay. I don't want, I don't want to look at you. I'm luring people away from that place. There's no need. The people that followed me, people that followed me from university, Damnola and her husband, they were my members of my choir from university. They followed me to that church. They followed me from OAU to that church. She was my frontline praise worship leader. Frontline. Frontline. Where's uh, Kisley? You know Damnola now? Frontline. Everywhere I went, she sang for me. If I was living, if I said, I'm not follow me, she would have followed me thoughtlessly. I left all of them there. When we started our choir, yeah, oh, Luau, hey, Willigba. I've talked about our choir before now. Hey, we don't even have enough monitor to hear ourselves. So everybody just receive what we give to you in love. That's how terrible it was. Sometimes I've gone playing the piano myself. When there were people that I had labored on, on in this city, that followed me from different places and followed me to join that church. When if I was leaving, they would have just followed me out of the place. I left everyone there. Because love does not work evil against his neighbor. Was I hurt? Was I pained? Did I, did I deserve vengeance? Vengeance is mine. Did I, did I, should I have revenge? Yes, I should have revenge. And I'm going to show you. I would have done all that. I left. I left without taking a dime. They sat down in the midst like this and they began to tell blunt and lies against me. Me, me that I don't need to think before I respond. It's a gift. Auto response. My response are on the tips of my lips. I don't think. I don't think, honestly. Some things I share here, 
My wife said, you, I don't think, I don't think. It's there. The Bible says, take no thought of what you shall say. For at the very moment when you are taking that, the Holy Ghost will say, you will give it to you. And I'll give you a mouth and a wisdom that your enemies and adversaries cannot get. These are my scriptures. I will, give, I will be with your mouth. <laughs> so they were lying against me. And in that meeting, they called leaders. If I was going to scatter that church that day, I would have scattered that church that day. Because I would just say, Pastor Susan, so this is what Pastor said about you to me. Pastor Susan, so, so Pastor said, and because he told a lot, of, he told me that one of the, one of his frontline persons, he said to me that he cannot present that one to the world as his son. This is a man that's been with him for over 20 years. He said, It is me he's looking at. I said, Ah, ha ha, human being. <laughs> me that you met yesterday. It's me you are looking at to present to the world as your son. This man has been following for 20 years. You say you cannot present him to the world as your son? So I'm supposed to say, yes, I am the one he wants to present as his son. That would be the highest stupidity. If they say this man should have run away from you, it should be for this reason. To abandon a man who has followed for 20 years? I'd have said, and I'll tell that Pastor Susan, so Papa said he cannot present him to the world as his son. You are wasting your time here. And I've told all of them, and I'll carry my bag. Odiba. If you like, the whole place have scattered. But what would I have gained? My pastor only got said, Philip, when Saul threw javelin at David, David didn't throw it back. He ran away. So as they were lying against me, I was weeping. I was weeping. They said, sorry, sorry. Don't sorry. I said, let me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. They are lying against me and they are petting me. Sorry, sorry. I was weeping. Why was I weeping? My response were at the tip of my mouth. And I cannot say it. That's why I was weeping. Not because I, I could have said something. But love does not work evil. What will I gain? Don't contribute to any man's downfall. Some people are going to fall the way they are going. The way they are going, we already know. They are going to be destroyed. But don't let their destruction be traced to your hands. That was why David avoided Saul. He knew that the way Saul was going, he was going to be destroyed. But he didn't want it to be by his hands. Don't let it be by your mouth. Love does not work evil against his neighbor. Love does not work evil against his neighbor. Will it be painful? Yes, sometimes it will. But love does not work evil against his neighbor. Were you blessed tonight? Bow your heads and just worship him. Exalt him, he's worthy of all our praise. Father, we thank you. Oh Lord, I receive your love. What is this? Oh Lord, I receive your love. Oh Lord, I receive. said in the beginning that some of us can't give this love because we have not received it. It says love your neighbor as I've loved you. You have to understand and first receive God's love to yourself before you can give it out. Oh Lord I receive your love Oh
One more time. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.